A grand jury indicts a ham sandwich part four. The defense by Derek Siegel. Expert legal analysis from a non-expert and non-lawyer. As a reminder of the context, an indictment was unsealed earlier this week from the Southern District of Florida that charges former President Donald Trump with seven felony counts, five of which pertain to allegations that he mishandled classified information when taking steel secret documents from the White House tomorrow. Uh... Lego, where he then, according to the indictment, showed them to other people, even though they were still classified. The two other counts relate to his efforts to obstruct the DOJ. Investigation that was supervised by the Biden Justice Department and carried out by a special counsel. Trump, who was ordered to appear in federal court in Miami on Tuesday, has been charged with 37 felony counts, including 31 counts under the Espionage Act, that carry stiff prison sentences upon conviction. The 49-page indictment filed by special counsel Jack Smith includes the following criminal charges, willful retention of national defense information, conspiracy to obstruct justice, withholding of a document or record, corruptly concealing a document or record, concealing a document in a federal investigation, scheme to conceal, false statements and representations, the case is brought in Miami instead of D.C. They had a grand jury in D.C. Then more recently, they opened one up in Miami. For sure, it's better for Trump if he's going to be tried in Florida than D.C.E. How did that happen? The prosecution realized they'd have a real fight on their hands if they tried to indict in the District of Columbia. It would look like forum shopping and judge shopping, and they probably wanted to avoid that. The essence of the alleged crimes did take place in Florida, and therefore that's the appropriate venue. Also, by luck of the draw, apparently Trump got a judge who he appointed. Now that's good for him, but it's good for the system. If that judge stays with the case because it will make it less likely that Trump could just say, oh, this is all a fix. Maybe we'll get a semblance of justice. It's good that it is in front of a judge who at least is not somebody with a record of Trump hating. Profile photo of Aileen M. Cannon, United States District Judge. Southern District of Florida. Judge Aileen Cannon, a Trump appointee, got this assignment through the wheel, a randomized process. The magistrate judge, Bruce Reinhardt, who is the judge underneath the district court judge, is somebody who is familiar with this case as well. They both had prior dealings. Judge Cannon was appointed as a special master last year to review the material seen from Mar A. Lago. The magistrate judge also had a prior dealing when he signed off on the initial search warrant of Mar A. Lago. Now, the lawyers don't get to go into court and say this is an outrage. You didn't charge Hillary Clinton or Sandy Berger or David Petraeus or Joe Biden. They're going to have to actually take a look at the elements and formulate a defense. Based on everything we know, including Trump's own admissions, it probably is the case that he took documents that at least at one point had been deemed classified and that were still marked classified when he left the White House, and he took those to Mar. Lego. Under the law, you could make the case that is technically illegal. There is nobody in the United States with the power or the authority to take classified documents and show them to people who are not authorized to see them or even to take them 
out of classified settings. To be clear, Trump was not indicted for merely possessing classified material because then they would have to distinguish the case from Biden, Pence, Clinton, and Berger. They're also indicting him for process crimes. Below, I will outline Trump's possible defense against the charges. 18 U.S. Code S-793E Willful retention of national defense information. Whoever having unauthorized possession of, access to, or control over any document, writing, code book, signal book, sketch, photograph, photographic, negative, blueprint, plan, map, model, instrument, appliance, or note relating to the national defense, or information relating to the national defense or information relating to the national defense, which information the possessor has reason to believe could be used to the injury of the United States or to the advantage of any foreign nation, willfully communicates, delivers, transmits, or causes to be communicated, delivered, or transmitted, or attempts to communicate, delivered, or transmitted, or attempts to communicate, deliver, Transmit or cause to be communicated, delivered, or transmitted the same to any person not entitled to receive it or willfully retains the same and fails to deliver it to the officer or employee of the United States, entitled to receive it shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than 10 years or both. Defense Section 793 requires the prosecution not only to prove that the material— there is a good chance we will never know what the material actually is. Could be used to the injury of the United States or to the advantage of any foreign nation. But also must prove that former President Trump had reason. To believe could be used for such. This is an obvious mountain to climb for the prosecution, and an easy defense would be that Trump believed the information to actually be beneficial or inconsequential for the United States and not at the advantage of any foreign nation. The prosecution also must prove the defendant willfully communicated, caused to communicate or willfully retained and failed to retain the documents. Proving willfulness is incredibly difficult to do. You can't get into the minds of people. In fact, the Supreme Court in recent years has made it harder to prove willfulness. Trump's defense or one of his defenses is that it is extremely odd and we agree to try and prosecute someone for mishandling classified information when that person at the time they took them was the President of the United States, which means, by definition, that he had the absolute and unilateral and unreviewable power to declassify any documents he wanted, unless it's nuclear-related. There's no Congressional Act required. There's no legal challenge available. The President, at any time, has the power to classify information and to declassify information without having to explain or account to anybody for why he did that, and without any act of Congress or any other regulated regulatory body necessary. Trump's argument, or one of them, is that prior to leaving the White House, he sort of waved a magic wand and said, I hereby declassified all these documents, or he said that to himself, those documents presto, became declassified. Therefore, he cannot break the law by taking these unclassified materials or showing them to anybody else. However, the importance that such documents would be unclassified is nebulous here. The statute doesn't discern between classified and unclassified information relating to the national defense only authorized and unauthorized access. 
whether Trump had unauthorized possession of national defense information and willfully retained the same and failed to deliver it to the officer or employee of the United States entitled to receive it is the question. Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff General Mark Milley Op Photo Evan Vucci Allegedly, there is a tape recording of Trump discussing a classified Pentagon document about attacking Iran in which he complains about Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff Mark Milley lying to The New Yorker about trying to stop Trump from attacking Iran. In that conversation, Trump suggests Milley and the Pentagon are the warmongers. They wanted to attack Iran, not him. At this point in the recording, apparently you can hear paper rattling. Isn't that amazing? I have a big pile of papers. They presented me this. This wasn't done by me. This was him. Isn't this amazing? This totally wins my case, you know, except it's like highly confidential secret. This is secret information. Look. Look at this. Persen. He then asks someone in the room if he can declassify it, and then he says, as president, I could have declassified it, but now I can't. Now we don't know where such document came from. We don't know if it came from Mar, uh, Lago. If this audio does exist, it's a smoking gun. But smoke can sometimes be caused by fire or by arson. There's nothing in the alleged recording that suggests he didn't declassify anything, but merely that he could have declassified this and didn't. The jurors would have to see what the document says. The prosecution needs to prove he actually showed it to the reporter and not just flashed any set of papers without actually presenting them to read. The prosecution needs to prove this was even a real document, and more importantly, that such document had actual information related to national defense. If not, there's a good chance the evidence will be inadmissible and, nonetheless, the defense may allege it was Trump suggesting he has proof Milley is a liar, while flashing some random set of papers if the prosecution accesses that material and it is explosive, such as attack plans against Iran, and if the writer was not only shown the document but given it to read that could be a violation of the Espionage Act, if Trump was harboring documents and providing national defense information to the Chinese, it would be a violation of the Espionage Act. But if the documents are ribbon-cutting ceremonies at very special places or transcripts of his meeting with Kim Jong-un, and Trump wanted to save them as a memento for his great-grandchildren, it would not be a violation. Trump is notorious for keeping tchotchkes like pictures of himself with other famous people. So the latter would not be a surprise. It is important to note here that the former president was not indicted for any violations of the Presidential Records Act, 18 U.S. CODIS 1512, K. Conspiracy to Obstruct Justice Whoever conspires to commit any offense under this section shall be subject to the same penalties as those prescribed for the offense, the commission of which was the object of the conspiracy. 18 U.S. Code SC 1512 B2 A. Withholding of a document or record. Whoever knowingly uses intimidation, threatens, or corruptly persuades another person, or attempts to do so, or engages in misleading conduct toward another person with intent to cause or induce any person to withhold testimony or withhold a record, 
document, or other object from an official proceeding shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than 20 years or both. 18 U.S. Code S. 1512CE1 Corruptly concealing a document or record, whoever corruptly alters, destroys, mutilates, or conceals a record, document, or other object, or attempts to do so with the intent to impair the object's integrity or availability for use in an official proceeding shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than 20 years, or both. Defense Section 1512 requires the prosecution prove the defendant acted with intent. Again, proving intent is incredibly difficult. You can't get into the minds of people unless you bring someone like Frude as an expert witness. Section 1512. B2. A requires the prosecution prove the defendant caused another person to withhold testimony or a document from an official proceeding. If investigators failed to identify the official proceeding's existence, it would be clear the defendant had no knowledge of the official proceeding's existence and therefore could not have acted with intent. According to reports, Trump lawyer Evan Corcoran was there to produce the documents in response to the subpoena and he took copious notes about everything while he was reviewing the documents. Corcoran made a statement to the feds that all the documents that had been returned. Unbeknownst to him, not all documents were returned because, according to Corcoran, he only had access to what Trump wanted him to see. He was told the documents were all there in the storage room, but unbeknownst to him, the documents were not all there in the storage room. They had been moved in and out of the room by an aide to Trump and the alleged co-conspirator Waltine Notto, so that, allegedly, Corcoran would not find all the documents. According to the report, Trump was the one who told Nata to move the documents. Trump valet Waltine Nata helping his employer. Reuters Jonathan Ernst. The defendant made claim he wanted to review all the documents and make sure they were all produced, but the investigators later found about 100 more documents than what were produced. The prosecution must prove those withheld documents were subject to the subpoena and not declassified material or Trump's personal property. The defense may suggest Trump declassified these documents and wanted to confirm everything they provided investigators was subpoenaed and those not provided were not subject to the subpoena. Remember, the documents don't need to be classified under Section 793, E2, Convict Trump, but the subpoena was for classified documents, documents pertaining to national defense, and property of the state, Section 1512C. 1. Requires the prosecution to prove the defendant acted with intent to impair the object's integrity. The section requires the prosecution to prove the defendant acted with intent to impair the object's availability for use in an official proceeding. If the investigators failed to identify the official proceeding to the defendant, it would be clear the defendant had no knowledge of the official proceeding's existence and therefore could not have acted with intent. Conspiracy charges allow for the admission of evidence that would not normally be admissible as evidence of the offense of which was the object of the conspiracy. The defense can allege the alleged co-conspirator Nada was not a co-conspirator. They can argue moving boxes. Within Mar, Alago 
is not necessarily withholding a document from an official proceeding. This is unlike the Nixon case, where there was destruction of evidence and paying of bribes, or the Clinton case where 33,000 emails were deleted from her servers. The latter case was never prosecuted. Defense may suggest they were moved for safety or for review. The prosecution has claimed not a lied to investigators when they asked if he moved the documents and he replied, no. Allegedly, the surveillance tapes show not a moving documents, whether it is the documents in question remains to be seen. The prosecution must prove that whatever documents he moved were indeed such documents for the underlying offense. 18 U.S. Code S. 1519, concealing a document in a federal investigation. Whoever knowingly alters, destroys, mutilates, conceals, covers up, falsifies, or makes a false entry in any record, document, or tangible object with the intent to impede, obstruct or influence the investigation or proper administration of any matter within the jurisdiction of any department or agency of the United States or any case filed under Title XI or in relation to or contemplation of any such matter or case shall be fined under this title, imprisoned not more than 20 years, or both. Defense. The prosecution will have to present some evidence that Trump intentionally concealed a document after the federal investigation had been identified to him, which they will reference the documents Trump failed to provide after the subpoena. The defense would have an easy case if the documents were moved to Trump's office before the investigation was revealed. The alleged intentionally withheld documents have to be part of the specific documents requested by the subpoena or specifically in connection to the national defense information charged under Section 793. 18 U.S. Code S-1001-A-1 Scheme to Conceal Except as otherwise provided in this section, whoever in any matter within the jurisdiction of the executive, legislative, or judicial branch of the government of the United States, knowingly and woefully falsifies, conceals, or covers up by any trick, scheme, or device a material fact shall be fined under this title, imprisoned not more than five years, or, if the offense involves international or domestic terrorism, as defined in Section 2331, imprisoned not more than eight years, or both. If the matter relates to an offense under Chapter 109A, 109, but 110, or 117, or Section 1591, then the term of imprisonment imposed under this section shall be not more than eight years. Defense? Again, proving willfulness is incredibly difficult to do. You can't get into the minds of people. The onus is on the prosecution to prove the defendant knowingly and willfully concealed a material fact, 18 U.S., Code S. 1001A2, except as otherwise provided in this section. Whoever, in any matter within the jurisdiction of the executive, legislative, or judicial branch of the government of the United States, knowingly and willfully makes any materially false, fictitious, or fraudulent statement or representation shall be fined under this title, imprisoned not more than five years, or if the offense involves international or domestic terrorism, as defined in Section 2331, imprisoned not more than eight years or both. 
If the matter relates to an offense under Chapter 190, 109A, 110, or 117, or Section 1591, then the term of imprisonment imposed under this section shall be not more than eight years. Defense. For years, under liberal jurisprudence, there was a belief most vehemently expressed by Ruth Bader Ginsburg and other liberal justices in the Supreme Court that you should not be able to be turned into a criminal simply because you falsely deny behavior to the FBI that you have the right to deny to the FBI things that you've done that could lead to a criminal prosecution. That's a form of the right against self-incrimination. As Amendment V stipulates, no person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime, unless on a presentment or indictment of a grand jury, except in cases arising in the land or naval forces, or in the militia, when in actual service in time of war or public danger. Section 1001 requires the government to prove that the defendant acted knowingly and willfully. It requires the government to show the defendant knew or elected not to know that the statement, omission, or documentation was false, and that the defendant presented it with the intent to deceive, the phrase knowingly and willfully refers to the circumstances under which the defendant made his statement, omitted a fact he was obliged to disclose, or included within his documentation, that is, that the defendant knew that his statement was false when he made it or, which amounts in law to the same thing, consciously disregarded or averted his eyes from the likely falsity. Although the offense can only be committed knowingly and willfully, that is, with the knowledge that it was unlawful, the prosecution need not prove that the defendant knew that his conduct involved a matter within the jurisdiction of a federal entity, nor that he intended to defraud a federal entity. Again, proving willfulness is incredibly difficult to do. You can't get into the minds of people. The onus is on the prosecution. 18 U.S. Code S2. Principles. Whoever commits an offense against the United States or aids, abets, counsels, commands, induces, or procures its commission, is punishable as a principle, as a principle. Whoever willfully causes an act to be done, which if directly performed by him or another, would be an offense against the United States, is punishable as a principle. Defense. The prosecution will most likely prosecute the alleged co-conspirator Waltine Nada first and convict him or at the very least get him to flip. If they are successful, they would need to prove Trump counseled or commanded Nada to commit the offense. Again, proving willfulness is incredibly difficult to do. You can't get into the minds of people. The onus is on the prosecution. Stay tuned to part five of the series on Banana Republics.